I want to preach on pursuing heart healing today. This is something that's incredibly important for Catch a Fire in general as a whole. Um, and it's really important for us as a church. And I really feel it's important because I felt God say that he's pouring out his spirit, that there is actually, um, there's revival already being poured out on our city. Um, and I believe it's only going to increase. And I really believe that if we are actually going to sustain the revival that God is giving us, if we're actually going to, uh, we're going to steward God has given us, we need to have our hearts healed. We need to have our hearts um, in a place of softness and tenderness before the Lord. Um, who has never heard of, of like Restoring the Foundations, RTF? Or who has heard of it? That's a better question. So if you haven't heard of RTF or um, Sozo or any of those ministries, um, I encourage you to talk to Claude and Yvonne. Actually, they run RTF here, and it's a ministry that's all based on healing of the heart, of getting your heart healed and getting your heart right before God. It's good, eh? It's really good. Um, it's only good once you, once you go through it, then you know how good it is, but before you go through heart healing, you're like, oh, I don't know if I need this. I don't know if it's actually that important, but it is really important, and you'll just find a lot of stuff coming up, and it's really great. So um, before I start today, I'm just going to kind of look through my notes here, guys. I want to try to keep us at a good time here because I know it's a little bit later. Um, I want to share a really powerful testimony before I get started here today. Um, so I was in Ontario, I think it was two years ago, at this youth conference, and uh, the youth pastor, he was preaching this really amazing sermon about breaking out of fear, um, breaking out of bondage, breaking out of um, the, what the enemy has placed in your life, the, the attacks of the enemy in your life, breaking through that and walking into all that Christ has for you. And uh, at the end of the sermon, he does this altar call, and he's like, you know, if you, have, um, if you have any bondage right now, if you feel like you're tied down by anything, if you feel uh, the enemy has been pressing against you, um, if you have not given your heart to Christ yet, I want you to come to the front. And so we have probably like 400 youth come to rush to the front and it's this beautiful powerful moment um, and youth are being set free and there's some that are crying there's some that are um, you know crying and some that are snorting some they're just getting touched by God and um, I look over and all of a sudden this one youth next to me she starts just screaming and she's screaming she's blood curdling screaming and um, and I look at her, and I, I'm looking around at the other, at the other leaders, kind of like, okay, is somebody going to come help us pray for this person? And they're all looking at me, and they're like, no, you got it. And so I'm like, okay. Like, so I step down. I'm, I'm with her, and I'm praying for her, and I'm commanding. I just, I'm just praying. I'm like, Jesus, I pray right now that any spirit that is not from you, God, would just leave right now, Jesus. And I'm commanding the demon to leave, uh, and nothing is happening. And so she, and, and it's getting more intense as I'm praying for her. She's, um, she starts snorting, she starts mooing, she starts uh, like meowing, and there's all these animal sounds that she's making, and it's just crazy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is out of control, and I think I'm making this worse. And so I, I, hear, I hear the Holy Spirit speak to my heart, and he's like, I want you to ask her if she has unforgiveness towards someone. And so I asked her, I'm like, hey, do you have unforgiveness towards someone? And I won't repeat the voice she was using, but it was this really male, or this really deep male voice that she was using. It wasn't hers. Um, I believe it was a demon trying to speak to me. And, uh, and she's like, no, I will never forgive him. And I'm like, okay, there's someone that needs to be forgiven. And then the Lord speaks to me. Okay, it's her father, actually. Her father um, has really hurt her. He has abused her, and she, and she needs to forgive him, and she'll be set free. And so I, I, I'm praying with her, and I'm encouraging her. Um, I'm smiling because it wasn't actually like this. It didn't go this smooth. I was like, you need to forgive your father right now. And she's like, no, I'll never do it. And so I'm going back and forth. And eventually she calms down and, and she comes to her right mind and she's crying. And she's like, okay, I forgave him. And so, um, 
And it was so powerful. And she's in her right mind. And um, we lead her, I led her through um, for, like forgiveness again, just making sure, hey, you've totally forgiven him. Um, led her through an encounter where Jesus was there in the room with her and, and he was holding her. And it was so powerful. Um, and after she forgave him, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. She gives her life to Christ and she's um, in her right mind. And it's so powerful. God is so good, right? Yes. Come on. The craziest thing is the next day she comes up to me, and I'm teaching an evangelism class, and she, uh, she comes up to me, like, really excited, and she looks totally different. Like, her countenance is completely changed. Like, she's super happy. There's life in her eyes. She's just, she's beautiful. She's just gleaming. And I'm just like, and I almost didn't recognize her. And I'm like, hey, it's you. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, you'll never believe what happened. And she, she rolls up her sleeve, and she looks at me, and she's like, they're gone. They're completely gone. I'm like, what's gone? And she says, all the scars down my arms are completely gone. Wow. And so she, she, she told me, she's like, you know, before you prayed for me, um, she's like, I had scars all the way up, both sides of my arms, all the way down my sides, all the way down my legs. And she said the voices would speak to me and tell me to hurt myself. But after last night, they're all gone, and I don't hear them anymore, and all I can hear is Jesus. And, and she said, all of the scars are gone. She said, I had over 200 scars on my body, all of them except for one on my leg. And I believe that's just a symbol of Jesus being like, this is what I did. Come on. It's so powerful. And the point of this story is I'm not trying to to point to myself. I'm not trying to point to the power of the enemy or anything. What I'm trying to point to is that through forgiving her father, she was delivered. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit encouraged her, you know, forgive your father. Forgive him, even though he wronged you and he hurt you. And from that place, she was free. And that's powerful, right? Actually, and I, I share this testimony because I was, um, I was out for coffee with Paul and Min this week, and I opened up my book, a book that I was reading. I don't know why I opened it up, and there was a letter from her that she had written after um, she got delivered. And I started reading, and I was just getting wrecked, and I started crying, just like reading over what happened and how grateful she was uh, that Jesus completely freed her. It was so powerful. And I wanted to share that story because often in our lives, we actually, we don't always have um, these big things where we're like, oh man, I just, I know that I need to be free from this. I know I need to be free from that. But sometimes, like the story, we have things that are going on in our hearts um, that aren't from God, that aren't actually necessarily, um, I'm not going to say that you're demon-possessed or anything. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes we have smaller cases of this where we have bitterness, where maybe we do have some unforgiveness towards someone, uh, where we have hurts and we have pains, things that are going on in our lives that we actually haven't addressed and they are actually affecting us. And so you might ask me why. Why, you know, Chris, why are you always up here? Why are you always sharing this? I'm sharing this because God really cares about your heart and he loves you so much. And I think if we are actually going to be in a place where we're not stewarding our hearts and we're not actually seeking, hey, God, if there's anything in my heart you want to heal, if we're not doing that, that's irresponsible. It's irresponsible because God is trusting us with a movement of his spirit, a movement that is going to be greater than Catch a Fire Toronto. And what God poured out there, it's going to be double that. And if we're not going to be leaders that are going to actually steward our hearts, it's irresponsible. It's immature, actually. And a lot of people, I feel like sometimes when I talk about inner healing, there's some people that are like, yeah, that's not for me. You know, I'm good. And I used to believe that, you know, once I got completely saved, I was saved. And once I was saved, I had no more issues. And I was like, in Christ, I am perfect, and I am becoming more, I'm becoming better, and God, and I am sinless, and I mean, not, not to that extent, maybe that's a little bit too extreme, but I believe that I was completely free from this stuff, and after going through inner healing with Colonel Yvonne, nope, I was messed up. 
You start going to the roots of why you believe certain lies and why you see God sometimes a certain way and why you react different ways. And you realize, you're like, man, I actually have some things that I, I, I live from, some scars that I live from, some things that I am messed up and I live from. And that is not God's heart for us. And the craziest thing about this is you actually have to value inner healing. You have to value this before God can do anything. Because if you're not going to honor this, then God, God can't move through it. You need to actually honor this, that, hey, God, is there anything in my heart you want to heal? And once you honor it, God is going to start speaking to you. It's powerful, guys. I remember earlier this week, I, I had actually, I'll be, I'll be open with you guys, I had a borderline, I don't know if I had an anxiety attack, I had, a, I had a moment I was freaking out. I don't know what was happening. I remember I was at the gym and I was sitting there, and all of a sudden it was, it was hard to breathe, it was hard to focus, I couldn't think. And I'm like, whoa, something is going on. Something's, something is off. And so I called Katrina, and she's like, hey, you should come home. Don't work out. Just come home. So I came home, and, uh, and I started processing with God. I'm like, God, what is going on in my heart? Like, what is going on? Like, there is something obviously not totally healthy going on in my heart that is leading me to, to feel this pressure, to feel this anxiety that's going on. And, and the Father just revealed to me, he's like, son, you push yourself so hard like in the gym, you're physically pushing yourself. You're always pushing yourself mentally, spiritually. You're always pushing for growth, and you're burning yourself out. And see, in that moment, I could have just brushed it off and be like, no, I'm going to just work out, or I'm going to go home. I'm just tired. But we have to be self-aware. We need to be aware of what's going on in our hearts. If we're going to lead other people, if you're going to lead people to Christ, if you're going to be an influence for Christ, you need to be aware of what's in your heart, or it's going to get on them. Anything that's rotting in your heart, you're going to project onto them. You're going to give to them. I know with our lead team, if I have anything in my heart that is off, if I'm not going to be responsible and actually deal with it, then they're going to be experiencing that. If I have an insecurity that I'm not willing to bring to the Lord, they're going to feel that, guys. Same with your family. Same with your spouse. I always love when people are like, yeah, I don't know if I need inner healing. And I'm like, oh, you should talk to your spouse. Like, I'm totally good. Like, I don't, I don't know if I need it. It's like, yeah, you, let me ask your spouse that. Let me ask your family that. And this isn't to bring shame, but guys, I think as a church, I know God spoke to me and just said, like, we will grow as a church. We will grow in influence. We will grow in authority. We will grow in general if you steward your heart first. And I believe this is so important because um, if you look at Catch the Fire Toronto, guys, and I, and I was asking the Lord this week, God, why why have you blessed that movement so much? Like, what was the reason overall? Like, was there something specific that they were actually being obedient to or doing that actually um, blessed the movement of what you were doing there? And he spoke to me. And he said, I could trust their hearts with what I was pouring out. If you think about it, like, that, that movement blessed uh, was actually, like, the, the catalyst to Bethel, the catalyst to Heidi Baker, the catalyst to us being here. It's crazy how much God has done, but their, their leaders have such a high um, value for inner healing. And we need to have that. And I feel God saying, if we can just get healthy, if we can just love one another, if we can be real with one another, actually communicate, not gossip about one another, love one, and just let our hearts be healed by the Lord, I will bless whatever you put your hand to. And so if you're a part of our family, if you're on board with where we're going, this is super important, guys. Hmm. Yeah, I'll go into this, actually. Uh, John three sixteen to 17 says, obviously, guys, this is a great verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish and have eternal life. 
For God did not send his son into the world to, to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And, and, yeah, so good, right? I love Ken. Me and Ken, it's verbal here. This is good, guys. I like, I like when people respond because I'm like, hey, you guys getting this? Um, but the Greek, the Greek word here for save is actually sozo. And that, may, that means um, whole, healed, preserve, or made well. And sometimes we just, we often think about physical healing and that we're saved and our spirits are saved. But what about our emotions? What about our hearts? This is actually not just our, our, our minds and, our, and our, our spirits, but this is actually our emotions. All of our beings being made well and our, that all of our being, all of our existence would be delivered and made well and safe and sound and saved in Christ. I think this is so important, and I'm not going to stop talking about this because I think the next move of God, God, I think, personally, I'm so tired of seeing movements stop or seeing revivals quenched by leaders who don't have their hearts healed. And if you look at a lot of great moves of God that have been quenched or been, or been stopped or maybe there's a pause on it, a lot of the times the leaders, they didn't deal with issues in their hearts and eventually those things came up. And what happens is when the anointing pours out on your life, on your life as a leader, as a disciple, as a believer, everything is magnified. The gifts that God has given you, they're magnified. But the stuff in your heart too, they're magnified. And they come to the surface. It's kind of like marriage. You know, when you're dating and stuff, it's like, okay, you know, we're, we're dating, this is cool, you get married, you're living in the same place, and you're like, oh yeah, you got some stuff. Like, like, oh yeah, I'm trying to hide this from you, but all of a sudden, you're in close quarters, everything is magnified. And why else is this so important? It's because God loves you guys. He loves all of us so much. He's a loving father, and what loving father would look, you know, he's looking at us, you're my kids, I love you, I want your hearts to be whole, I want them to be healed, I want them to be made well. And if we're going to represent Jesus, if you're going to go in the streets, if you're going to go in your workplace and represent Jesus, and they look at you and you're like, they're like, you know, you're trying to share Jesus with me, but you're a very critical, opinionated, negative person that does not come across well. If you're a person that is actually radiating the love of Jesus in truth, and you're sharing truth with them, and your life, the integrity of your life lines up with Jesus, they're going to be so attracted to you guys. Oh, man, 10 minutes, those 12. Okay, guys. All right. You know, I think a really, a really simple picture, a story I felt the Lord gave me for this topic is, uh, <laughs> bear with me as I'm telling the story. I kind of feel funny as I share these because they're kind of just, the Lord just downloads them and I'm just going to share what he's sharing with me. Um, but I felt really clearly that like, this is like um, a gardener in his backyard and he's looking at his backyard and he's like, he's like, God, we need rain. I need rain. And he looks at his backyard, and there's weeds, and there's, there's grass where there shouldn't be. There's things that are growing that are not good. And God's like, I need rain on my garden. I want to grow these, these vegetables and these fruits, but there's all this other stuff going on. And so after 10 years of crying out, he goes to the next village, and he's looking around, and it's just flourishing, and it's beautiful. Just full of life, full of uh, vegetables and fruit, and it's just blooming. And he goes back in bitterness to God, and he says, God, like, what, what, what is wrong with me? Why didn't you choose me? God, why aren't you doing this here? And he speaks to him and says, if I poured out my spirit here, if I poured out my rain here, this would last a season, but over here it would last a lifetime. And in our lives, God, if you, want, if you want the spirit of God to not just go into your life, but into your lineage, into your kids' lives, into their kids' lives, into all the people you influence into their lives and so forth, it's so important, guys, that we deal with the weeds that are in our gardens, the weeds that are in our hearts. I don't want to be a person, guys, where God's like, you know what, if I pour out my spirit, it only lasts a little bit here. So maybe I'll pour out my spirit in this, over here in this way. 
I'm going to be a person that God pours out his spirit and this can last a lifetime. How's everyone doing? <laughs> I remember when I was in the Dominican Republic with Brent and Wendy. That was fun. You guys were there too. What's, what was that pastor from Colombia's name again? I'm trying to, he's a really funny guy. The pastor from Colombia? Andrew McMillan. That guy, he's super funny. So I remember he... Um, he, uh, he shared a story, and I, th- I think I'm, I may have shared it, I don't know, but he, he basically was like crying out to God. Um, he, was a, he was a pastor when Pablo Escobar, uh, does anybody know who Pablo Escobar is? Pablo Escobar, he basically started the cartel and the biggest drug trafficking um, uh, organization in the world. It was crazy. And so um, Andrew McMillan, this pastor in Colombia, actually started a church in Medellin, Colombia at the exact same time. And so he's got crazy testimonies of, like, ex-Sicarios, uh, hitmen of Pablo Escobar's getting saved, uh, prostitutes getting saved, and just tons of crazy stories. And during this time, um, it, you know, it wasn't always like that. He, there was times where his church wasn't growing and, and nothing was happening. And he was crying out to God, and he was like, and I remember him sharing. He's, he's so funny because he kind of has, I don't know what kind of accent he has, but it's kind of funny. And he's like, God, you know, why aren't you growing my church? You know, I'm serving you, and I'm doing all this stuff, and you ain't growing us, and blah, blah. And he starts complaining to God. And God speaks to him just super clearly. And he's like, you want me to grow this? Like, you want me to grow your, your grumbling and your complaining and all the stuff going in your heart? And, and he spoke to him just really clearly. If you actually just get your heart right before me, you get your heart healed, I will grow your church. Amen. And once he honored that, once he honored God in that, his church began to explode and grow. And it's, it's huge. Their impact is huge in Columbia right now. And I felt the Father say this. I'm not going to grow you the way you want me to grow you. I'm, gonna, I'm going to prune you, and it might not feel good. I'm going to till the soil of your heart, and that might bring up heart issues. I'm going to plant you deep in my heart, and one day you will begin blooming. You may feel hidden sometimes. You may find dealing with your heart again and again is tiring. But through this, I am growing you. And so often we have this, this mindset that we want God to grow us. And we want to grow in things that are cool. Like, I want, to, I want to prophesy, God. I want to hear your voice more. And I want to go and evangelize and do all these cool things. And God's like, yeah, maybe not yet, you know. Go and do those things, yes. But let me work on your heart, most importantly. It's not that God's holding us back from doing things and from, from sharing the gospel or any of that. But I feel really important. Uh, what's really important in God's heart is that we're, our hearts are healed before him. And so we want to grow, God, I, like for me, I'm like, God, I, want to, I remember one time, God, I want to hear, I want to get more words of knowledge, and I want crazy words of knowledge to share so people can see that you're real, and there's no way I could have known that, but then they know that you're real and that you're good. And God's like, no, come here, I'm going to prune you, actually. You're actually striving too much in this, you're finding your Denny in this, actually, because you're just, you're getting so on fire, and you're so passionate, Chris, about these things, that you start finding your identity in the gifting and not in my presence and not as a son. So let me prune you. Let's not do any words of knowledge, actually, for six months. Let's just get intimate, and let me work in your heart. And that's easy to hear, but, I mean, right with, for you guys, but for me, I was like, man, that sucks. You get, just kind of feel spanked. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, I need to not do that, okay. But I find so often we want to grow in all these different ways that are cool and amazing, but God wants to grow our hearts. He wants, us, he wants to do construction on your heart. I remember right after I got saved, I went back to my, um, my hometown, and I'm driving with my mom, and I'm just, like, so excited to know God now. And I remember looking out across the prairies, and I could see the mountains, because I was, like, probably an hour away from Banff. And I, and I tell my mom, I'm like, Mom, I can see the mountains. And she looks at me, she's like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> 
She's like, they've always been there. And I was just so blown away. I'm like, you're telling me that you can always see the mountains from this, from this place. She's like, yeah, like ever since I've been here, I thought you would have seen them. But see, I had a new lens. I had such a, a lens of negativity, of things that were going in my heart. And once the Lord began to heal my heart and save me and walk me into who I was called to be, all of a sudden I could see these mountains. And that's so often so true for so many of our lives that actually things are just so much more beautiful than we realize with God. But there's things, we have smudges on the glasses that we see things through, the lenses that we see things through. Uh, and, and, and just like Ed was sharing, like, you know, we're meant to be Christians who walk around with joy and joy that is contagious. And if there's things that are holding you back from that, those are things that the Lord wants to heal. You know, if you feel like you can't love fully and that sometimes, you know, you come to church and you're on an emotional high, you're feeling so close to God and all of a sudden you're in your week and you feel disconnected, there's something there that God wants to heal. You guys, I, I feel like we're going to keep going on here, but I, just really practically, guys, I just, this is such a simple practice. Um, it just looks like getting alone before God and saying, God, heal my heart. Father, what is this thing that's going on? It, it means being self-aware, being self-aware of, oh, actually, I felt really triggered. You know, like when, you know, <laughs> my beautiful wife, when, when Katrina said this, I felt triggered. It, it, actually, you know what? It probably wasn't her. It was me. You know, most of the times when we're triggered and we're going through things, it's not them. It's, it's mainly you. It's something in your heart. Because if we're, if, you know, let's just say I'm in a relationship with Eric. If Eric is saying something and it offends me, that's more of an issue of my heart. Because I shouldn't give so much power to somebody else to actually offend me. That's actually probably something in my heart that I need healing in. Yeah. yeah. So Holy Spirit, let's just pray for you guys. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. And Holy Spirit, I just pray right now for every single person, guys. If you just want to put your hands um, out and your palms facing up and just get in your receive position. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, God, that you would just bring up um, really simple things, Father. Maybe something from this week, Father. Uh, maybe it's something um, in our lives that we know has been going on for a long time. I pray that you would just bring something right now to each of our minds, God, um, that you want to heal. Father, that you want to restore and Daddy, I just thank you that you're such a loving Father, that you care about us, you care about our hearts, God. And God, I just, um, God, we just repent, God, for not being responsible for our hearts, God, for not taking ownership and stewardship of our hearts, Jesus. Like, God, from, from there, the wellsprings of life, God, your, your well, your, your spring of life comes from within us, God. And we want to have pure hearts, pure gardens, that you can grow into beautiful places. So Jesus, whatever it is, I pray that you would just bring something to mind, God. It could be a situation. It could have been something we said. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you just speak to each person here right now, Father.